This is Sentimentally Ill, episode 10, double digits. I'm here today with... Jeff Hirsch. What's going on, pal? Happy to be here again and on your 10th yeah. episode. Congrats. On this... Um, now, Centennial will be like a 100th episode. But... We'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're building. Slow build. Um, how's quarantine treating you? So far, so good. It's... Um... Middle of week five, and um, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my routine. I'm getting in the groove. I'm kind of used to it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's amazing, but, you know, making the best, but making the most of it. Right on. Quarznar. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk about Green Day. Green Day. Green Day. What's your first thoughts when you hear that name? Uh punk rock my my childhood uh just so many feelings and emotions honestly great i hope we uh i hope we go through it all we're gonna go through it all there's gonna be highs there's gonna be lows there's gonna be lows uh, and highs yeah oh, there's gonna be some lows i did my homework um, i'm proud of you man yes i ventured into uh territory i i would say i never have actually ventured into before yeah me too actually um thanks so for the maybe push we'll, uh... <laughs> All right, uh, so let's start off with some tidbits here. Sure. Um, I'm sure you know all this, but you know, just for our listeners, uh, and if any of this is like incorrect, just feel free to interject or feel free to interject. Period. If you want to talk about something there, sure. All right, you know, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> all right, so East Bay, California, 1987. That sound about right? Sounds about right. That's where the well, they weren't called Green Day; they were called Sweet Children. Yeah. I didn't know that. Sweet children. There's a song called Sweet Children. Yeah. yeah. Do they have anything released under that name? Do you know? Um, they may have a seven inch, which I know. Right. Was like, oh man. Um, those songs were ended up being included on Green Day's first record. Cool, and which um, we will talk about. Yes. Um, synonymous with uh, the 924 Gilman Street. I'm sure you've heard of that as well. Actually, oh, yeah. I know for a fact you have. Very important spot in. Uh, I would say punk, punk, so history, punk culture. Uh, I don't know how Southern it is, but I, I'm not too right. familiar with California, but uh, it's, it's well important. said though. East Bay. Um, one of the big bands uh, they were influenced by was Op Ivy or Operation Ivy for those oh, yeah. that don't know. And um, if you know the band Rancid, I believe, is it, was it Tim Armstrong was an Op Ivy? Tim Armstrong was an Op Ivy. So was Matt Friedman, who is the bass player. Of Rancid, yeah. Yes. They later became Rancid, which I'm sure is a much more popular band or known band. Um, so in the beginning, it was uh, Billy Joe and Mike with uh, a dude named John Kiffmeyer up until the second album, Kerplunk. So that's pretty cool. It's cool to see they've had the, the same lineup for most of their career. Pushing 30 years at this point. I don't think many bands could say that. Uh, no, not really. You know what I mean? I mean, they've been on like a hiatus here and there, but like, I don't really ever recall like a long period where they were gone or anything like that. True. Yeah. And like you said, it's been the three main guys, basically more or less since the beginning. Right. I don't want to um, discount John Kiffmeyer, but. No way. He's like the Glenn Porter. Yeah. Or the uh, <laughs> uh, Pete Best. Uh, who? The, the original drummer of the Beatles. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Rainers, if you will. There you go. <laughs> um, one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Wow! Do you have I, the numbers on that? Uh, uh, more than seventy-five million records sold worldwide. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. That's hard to do. Um, right, yeah. Um, nominated for over 20 Grammys. Wow. Uh, I guess it depends who you are, if you, that means something to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to you, man. Do you remember when you first listened? Yeah, I was. I honestly was a late bloomer. Um, I found out about Green Day probably like most people my age was MTV. Um, and it was honestly when Warning came out, which I know, you know, sounds like loser and poserish, but I was only 10 years old. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you're only 10. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Dookie, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, I was four years old when Dookie came out. But Same. I mean, I remember I remember seeing the minority music video on MTV and they're like playing on a parade float. And it's just like, yeah, I don't think I'd ever seen anything like it, you know, at 10 years old, especially on TV. And uh, I think I was immediately hooked. I bought warning from my parents. Um, they had this like CD magazine that you could order CDs from kind of like a mail order oh, thing. Wow. And um, I purchased uh, minorities, uh, not minority warning soon after that. Okay, so Warning was your first uh, Green Day album? Yes, that was my my introduction to, to Green Day. Okay, yeah, for me too. I um, Back in the day, I guess, when MTV played music, right. like a time period where I feel like, I don't know, do music videos matter today? Maybe for the internet. Like I, I still watch some Maybe. music videos on the internet, but I mean, I don't think they hold as much weight as they used to. Right, we'll get into that too. Sure. Um, so would you say Warning is your favorite album? I don't think right it's now. my I don't think it's my favorite, but I, I do think I mean I did my homework for the podcast and I think it still holds up. I mean you I would know, agree, yeah. We'll talk I more actually, about it in depth later, but doing my own research, I um found out that some of those songs were actually written in the early nineties. So That's cool. when I when I you know, when you when you hear about that, it's like okay, like, you know, maybe they didn't lose their touch considering they were written, you know, during the same time period as Dookie. Okay. Um, I know Dookie Billy your favorite. Uh, I think her plunk is, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I admittedly never dug too deep in those records uh, until uh, prepping for this episode. Yeah, I would say Kerplunk and Insomniac, uh, probably my top two for different reasons. Okay. And Kerplunk, that's what, what does Kerplunk mean? Is that the sound like when you're, when you poop, right? Is that what it's supposed to mean? I mean, that's definitely the sound it makes. You, right. Yeah. It's, I, I, I honestly don't know. Hear it when you take a shit, Kerplunk. Is that the, is that the actual reference? I don't know why, but I feel like I've read that somewhere or heard that, and it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it totally it. does. Kind that of pulling from sad. the descendants. Yeah, definitely. Um, or just in general too. But anyway, we're just not here. We're not here to talk about them. <laughs> um, so Kerplunk, um, any favorite songs? Doesn't matter if they're on Kerplunk or not. I mean, on Kerplunk, you got it, it open strong with 2,000 Light Years Away. I mean, I think that's like one of the one of Green Day's iconic and, and probably most popular songs, in my opinion. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm actually going to pull it up right now, the track listing. I'd really be interested to see if like younger kids today know those first two albums. Right, because to me, that's like, oh, that's like old Green Day. But, you know, kids getting into Green Day now, old Green Day is probably American Idiot or even Warning. Right. But um, that's pretty interesting. Let's see, Kerplunk. It's got yeah, two thousand light years away. That's a great one. It's got the original version of Welcome to Paradise. Noticeably um, slower. Is it? I feel like it now. I don't I'm know. Not sure actually. But it's maybe fine. not. Yeah. And then it's got maybe it's just um, the production playing tricks. Oh, the, the production. Yeah, it's like you play the two next to each other. It's like holy shit. One's yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my lies. That's another classic in my mind. You know, it's like, oh, I just want to get high. It was like, you know, hearing that, I was like, oh, this is cool. 
<laughs> you know that's considered like one of the best indie selling best selling indie records. Yeah, actually, I think it was like four million. Nope. Now is that after though, Dookie though, that the sales came, or was it like beforehand? That's what I, I wonder. I mean, they didn't sell four million before Dookie. That's a good point. Yeah, but I do know that one of the reasons, and I don't know how true this is, but one of the reasons Green Day basically graduated to the major labels, as I know that um, Lookout Records couldn't keep up with the the demand for for Kerplunk. Okay. So, wow. so I know I, I think it sold like fifty thousand on an indie label, which is unheard of. I think on any, in any point of time. Um, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. So oh yeah, I let's know, talk about those early days. How about uh lookout records? Lookout records. Yeah. A lot of great bands came from lookout records. Like uh, they're, they're a California based label. Yeah. Um, I got some here. Um, some, I mean, some more well-known, some not so well-known depending how much you're into like punk music and stuff, but uh, screeching weasel. Yeah. Small Brown bike. Ooh, really? Yeah. Um, Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. Uh-huh. Op Ivy, Rancid, um, Born Against, Samium. And there was a lot I didn't even recognize on that list. I but... think the Donnas, too. Okay. Which I know supposedly, they were... Supposedly that label like had a habit of like owing their bands money or something. I didn't really look too into it, though. Yeah, I, I know. Don't, I don't think they're around, right? I'm not sure if they are anymore, but I know Green Day like pulled all their discography from Lookout, like all the rights after like they hadn't been paid for like you know 20 years. Crazy. So yeah, I'm sure that's a, a trend with um with that label. I'm not too sure about that. Uh, so the first um well the first full length on that well right the first two EPs came out on another label I believe. Uh po- yeah uh you might be a right thousand hours that. and slappy. Yeah, those I don't know what labels offhand, but then I know Smoothed Out was like I think put out by Lookout as like a collection as their first record. Yeah, they um well isn't Thirty Nine Smooth is the full length, and then they re-released it with um yeah. One Thousand and Slappy on it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, I, so I actually that's what I love that record too. To I me, like it a lot. It's very indie. Yeah, and it's and just like, like a lot of they never touch that stuff again. That type of sound, some of the songs, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, it's like all like, and it's you know the the subject matter. It's like love songs, getting high, just like being lazy. I don't know. It's just, and it was so pure hearing that. And like I I know like I definitely emulated that sound and like those songs when I was a kid. Yeah, so Green Day big big influence on you musically, you'd say. Definitely, like I, it was probably the same time. It was like you know Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two were like my two go tos. Um, same and uh, but then Blink, green day was so much more earlier than blink i feel like at least mainstream success no they definitely were and um i don't know to me green day was more like punk uh, at least came from the punk scene more so than blink 182 yeah um so i don't know like green day i mean they were the, yeah i don't know they were just the two top in my mind i probably like most people right exactly um so like you said earlier they um getting bigger and bigger, being more popular. Eventually, uh, they leave their punk scene, which they got a lot of shit over, apparently. Yeah, I mean, they were basically, like, overnight, just, like, disowned from their scene and spit on, and people hated them all of a sudden. I'm sure they're, they're and very I mean, upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. I, I'm not in their shoes, I right. don't know. But, you know, knowing that they outgrew their label and were literally just, like, selling out shows, like... I feel like at that point it was it was a big a big move and probably the right move. I mean, I always think of it too. Green Day they were all like high school dropouts, 
Were they? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if, if a high school dropout had that opportunity, I mean, mm. I, I would say it paid off for them in the long run. But, you know, there's always that fine line. Who am I to talk about, quote unquote, selling out? But. Well, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I've re- I was finding like interviews about it and like and it's tough because it's like all right, we're a punk rock band, but we make lots of money, uh, you right. know. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, I don't know. They could at least. I was reading like after that. Yeah. Um, so they get the, uh, get signed to reprise, which they are still on to this day oh, wow. and release Dookie in 1994. Yeah. The game changer. The highest Probably. selling, highest selling album to date for green day for green day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in, in the world now, definitely a game changer for green day and a, a game. I mean, that that's like year quote unquote, you know, punk broke when all like all the pop or pop punk bands and all those bands kind of open the flood. Oh yeah. That's when you have, um, uh, punk and Drublick. Right. You got, um, um was it smashed by the offspring? There you go. Yeah. Huge punk. Yeah. Definitely one of the biggest bands to inspire that. And then, SoCal you know, punk stuff. All of a sudden all that stuff was on the radio and these bands are playing huge, huge shows and touring the world. Right. All the nineties, man. The nineties. Yeah. And I, mean, I miss the nineties, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just miss guitar-based music. I feel like the radio doesn't supply that. I, I, anyway. Yeah. No, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you 100%. Um, let's stick with Yuki, though. Any uh, favorite tracks on that? I um, I like... All the hit singles are there, too. Yeah, I mean, that album is so many singles. I, I like That whole album is just... That album is just like a straight-up banger. Like, it's kind of the, per- the perfect back. record, you know? It, kind of, yeah. Like, the... Like, Front to back, it just assaults you in the best way possible. It, it does sound great. It really does. That's so good. My, my favorite you actually... You could maybe make the argument it's overproduced, but I don't know. It's just... Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I've heard demos from the Dookie period, and I mean, this this a good song is a good song. I mean, those songs hold up, right. you know, whether they were recorded in a garage or not. But I really like um, Pulling Teeth. I think it's the... F- yeah, it's Pulling Teeth. It's... um. Kind of the track slow, six, I think. Yeah, it's kind of a more of a quote unquote slow burner. It's got a little more like almost like a country vibe. And it's got like, oh, it's all, like I'm all busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is a good song. You got Mike Durant on the backup vocals, like basically the whole song. It's just like it's pop perfection. I think he's underrated. He's an underrated member oh, of the yeah. band for I sure. Mean, Those bass lines. Solid bass player and solid backup vocals. For sure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah that record opens with burnout like that is just like holy shit you know right yeah it's it just gets right into it there's no you know the drum solos yeah that that album is actually pretty relentless and then you got um oh, yeah let's do the drum solo on burnout oh man flawless uh anyway and that basket case i mean that music video uh that that's a great video that is a great music video with uh, them in like the psych ward. Yeah, yeah. Looking like babies. Seriously, yeah. That I'm just looking at the track list now. I know Longview, Welcome to Paradise, Basket Case, When I Come Around. When I Come Around, yeah. Those are all singles. Yep. The Longview music video. I think that was actually their first music video. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's um, he's Billy Joe. He's like destroying a couch. He's watching TV, and apparently that was just like filmed in their apartment. He just like tears a couch apart and just like goes ape shit. Nice. It's a good one. Um, it, it, I don't know. I feel like when people talk about like, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, Dookie definitely owes 
the success, like Nevermind was the big record of the 90s, right? Sure. But I mean, Nevermind didn't sell 20 million worldwide. Yeah, I think Nirvana probably but, busted the door down for more. Right, like, exactly. The yeah. underground, and then out comes Green Day. For better or worse. Yeah. And then not even a year later, about a year later, comes Insomniac. Yeah, yeah. I think feel like that one's really like overlooked. Yeah, me too. It's much darker. Not much darker, but a little darker, I it's feel darker, like. and it's definitely got like heavier tones and heavier vibes. I had said that to you though, but there's about like six or seven, like six singles on there too. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. Brain Stew was a big song. Did that one sell? Because I mean, like you said, it's got a lot of singles on it. Half the record are singles. Yeah, I'm not sure what the sales are on that one. Um, It's a good question. I mean, I feel like it was a smart move. Like a year later, just drop another one while the popularity is still there. Yeah, and I actually know there's a song '86, and that song is kind of about like you know how they were '86 and like kind of blacklisted from where they came from. Mm. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure that's why Billy Joe, like I've heard him say, you know, they kind of opted for like a heavier, more aggressive tone just to kind of show that you know we're still we're still punks. On Insomniac. Yeah. Yeah, the opening track that like drum the drum yeah. feels pretty heavy. Yeah, that's a. I'm a uh, that's a. I had a good time revisiting that one. Some good music videos came out of that one too. What's on there? Um, Walking Contradiction or no? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, the last. That's, yeah, that's the, the last, last track. track. Yeah, I love that video where he's just walking around and everything's falling around. Yeah, kind of things falling are falling apart up. around him. Yeah, and he's just like walking, like all like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah, and then Geeks Think Breath. I know. I think that one was like banned from TV because it's got like some pretty gnarly like tooth surgery footage. Holy shit. It's like pretty graphic. It's pretty gross to look at. Brain Stew is on the Godzilla soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. For whatever, whatever move, which Godzilla came out that year. But I think that was a pretty big single too. I never loved that song, but in the context, mm, in the, in the yeah. context of the record, it fits well in the record. As far as like the flow of the record, but like kind of on its own, it's like, you know, I've heard it a billion times, but you know, probably one of the first, one of the first riffs I learned how to play for sure. Yeah, cool, man. And then after Insomniac comes Nimrod. Yeah, and th- that's which, like um, a couple years later. Yeah, ninety-seven. I'd read that like Billy Joe was like, "We need to do something that's not in, like anything else we've done before." Yeah, would you I mean, say that they accomplished that with Nimrod? I think so. I think Nimrod is really shows how diverse and um, you know versatile they can be without <laughs> without being cheesy or kind of lame. Right. I think it's got, um, a, it's got a lot of good bangers on that one, too. Yeah, it does. Um, Hitchin or, is Hitchin' a Ride on that one? Yeah, that's uh, that's the second or third track. I always like that song. Um, but if you ask uh, people who are a little older than us, that Nimrod seems to be when they jump the shark. Yeah, that's when people are like, okay, fuck Green Day. You know, I could put yeah. up Insomniac was sick, but, you know, yeah. This is, like, definitely a little cleaner, more polished. It dives into the kind of... Um, like you said, unpunk songs. Sure. Um, but there's also some heavy, like reject and take back. Like those are some pretty heavy, aggressive songs too. But um, yeah, I like the uh, last ride in that like surf rock instrumental one. Oh yeah. Also, um, the probably one of their big, biggest singles, uh, "Time of Your Life." Oh man, I think they hate that song. Probably. I mean, I don't think they ever did an acoustic song before that, right? Except for all by myself, that one on the hidden track on Yuki. <laughs> but, um, so, it's still so funny. Yeah, it's a good one. 
Oh my god! I heard yeah, when I heard that when I was listening for this, and I was just like dying. I'm pretty sure that Good Riddance time of your life, like you know, it was written as like I've heard Billy Joe say it was written as like a fuck you song, and then like popular culture basically just took it and like put it after every like graduation or like every like you know coming of age song. <laughs> oh my yeah, that and that one Vitamin C song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's interesting though. Um, yeah, and the band keeps chugging along into 2000 with Warning, which we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, this is actually when they started uh, seeing some declines in their sales. I mean, they're still selling a shit ton of records. Right. Like, this is the first record to just not go platinum. Okay. It went gold. <laughs> like, you know. Um, yeah, it's but got definitely, kind of a, more acoustic vibes, right? Acoustic vibes? I mean, how about, like, Misery? Like, that's a really interesting track, I, th- I think. Yeah, it's kind of like uh down, down, down. We get low, low. It's kind of like a circus song. It's got like accordions yeah. and uh, yeah. Um, I would say like, would you say Macy's Day Parade's their most mature at that point? Yeah, I love that song. I know it's so simple, but I love that song. Yeah, it's a great closer of that record too, and like, yeah, the simplicity of it is just—it's really nice. It's a nice song. Yeah, and like for a while, like that—that that was. If I remember correctly, that was the last music video they did um, before the next era. Yeah, I think that was it a black and white video, maybe. Yeah, and he's just uh, he looks like really mature and not, not old, but looks older, you know, a little heavier. Jewish, but, yeah, I think he, he had some alcoholism problems. Yes. Um, yes there's some you can look at photos and he looks pretty fat at some points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Good now. One memory I have of this record, the second track, uh, Blood, Sex, and Booze. I remember my my parents let me get this album, and my mom, uh, I promised my mom I wouldn't listen to Blood, Sex, and Booze because of just the title of it. The content. Did you did you break your promise? Probably like the second or third time. I skipped over the Ouch. first one, you know. But um. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I have a soft spot for Warning too, just maybe because it was the first one I got into, but I. I don't know. From front to back, it's still. I don't know. I think it has really good flow, and it's it's got some some decent songs on it. Yeah, I really like the singles on it too. Yeah. Uh, title track, um, "Waiting" is good. Minority is on there, like you said. Um, Macy's Day. I feel like I'm missing one. Maybe not. Hold on. I don't know if that was a single. Mm. I've been waiting. That's waiting. After. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah, duh. <laughs> or anything at all. Yeah. And then and then they were quiet for a bit. Um in between, you know, probably most people know uh like the international super hits. Right. I, I just remember which, that one. My buddy had that one. It had like two songs or like three songs like that weren't on the record. Yeah, Maria, Pop Rocks and Coke, and I can't think of the other one if there is one. J A R. Oh, which is sick. Nice. That's a sick song. And that was actually, it was, it was actually released in 1995. That song. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It was on some movie soundtrack, but it's got like that kind of insomniac type vibe. Okay. And then, oh, and also the, the B sides, uh, shenanigans. Yeah. I was actually a big fan of that one. They actually, they toured on that, but they didn't play anything on it when they, I think that was was that during Pop Disaster? I believe you're right. The tour, yeah. Blink 182, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. DMD actually with that. Do you know anyone who went to that? No. 
That's like that was like you know that's like a dream. I would go to that now. I think like saves the day and Jimmy E World Open. That's like one hell of a fucking tour. Yeah, especially at that uh, in the year two thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, um, I do love shenanigans though. Yeah, some- I didn't know uh, Outsider was a cover. Yeah, it's got some covers, a couple covers on it. it does. And then some of the the songs that I really like on that album are actually like kind of b-sides from like insomniac and that's probably why i like them because they kind of have that heavier tone and they have some some b-sides too from nimrod on that record and then i guess they go on a hiatus or um until 2004 um is is this where the new era of green day starts or do you think it starts after this record no uh i think it's this right i mean this was like a huge comeback i think Oh yeah, this record is this is one of the biggest records of all time. Yeah. Right up there with Dookie, yeah. This is definitely like a rebirth of Green Day. Yeah. Because like so many younger fans, yeah. Yeah, it was like warning, like you said, okay, sold, you know, wasn't wasn't a great seller. And then they did super two two compilation records after that. So this is like the first batch of new material in almost five years. Exactly. And um I mean American Idiot just takes the world by storm. Yeah, yeah. That's like yeah, it's so iconic. I remember when that came out, I loved the single American Idiot. Um, but by that point, you know, I was 14 years old. I was like, oh, I'm too cool for Green Day. But like I secretly... All the singles on that record were overplayed so goddamn much. Yeah, I mean, I will say... I, I heard that from most people, like not even people who are really in like that type of music either. Like they're yeah, all I mean, over the place. How many times have you heard Boulevard of Broken Dreams or Holiday? Oh, holiday. On Holiday... Although looking, um, I mean, I think this is a pretty, pretty solid record still. It's quite a jump, like from being known as like the snot nosed punkers to writing a rock opera. It probably took a lot of people off guard. Definitely. I mean, I don't know how long they worked on this, but um, it's a piece of work for sure. I mean, it's got a few. I think it still holds up for sure. It does too, actually. And it's got, I mean, there's a lot of. A lot of new things they try. Yeah, and it's got some like classic. I don't know, like I feel like the song um, "Letter Bomb." That's like that was kind of my favorite. That kind of like resonates with like Nimrod type type Green Day. Yeah, you could still hear like old Green Day in it for sure. The production though is definitely even compared to like Warning. I feel like the production is like it's teetering a little overproduced. Um, how about like uh, was it "We Are the Waiting"? Like that song is pretty different from anything they'd ever done at that point. It's almost like a like some of it's the like songs. Post rockish. Yeah, and it's almost I would say almost like anthemic. Like you know you got yeah. ten thousand people singing that in a stadium. Are we? We we are. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stadiums, did you ever see Green Day live? No. Really? I never did, and I, I, honestly, I feel you like can. I feel like I can, but like one, I don't want to pay you know one hundred fifty dollars. They're and on like, tour with Weezer and Fall Out Boy. I don't, I don't know even, if that's happening. I don't even know if I would know any of their songs at this point. Like, I'm sure they play uh, for like two hours, they, but yeah, I think the I set think list is pretty. You get your old stuff, but the set list mostly consists of the newer stuff. Is what I saw. I, I think it's passed for me. I know when mm. uh, leading up to Uno Dos Trey, they were playing like small gigs, like they played like Starland Ballroom. Like I would have loved to have seen that. Wait, they played Starland Ballroom at that point? Yeah, it sold out like in a minute. Like they were doing um. And it was all like, they, they were not playing. That I don't believe you, but I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, they did like a, a whole run of like small places like that, quote unquote small places. And um, 
Yeah, they played like I think they only played unreleased stuff from like Uno Dos Tre. It was kind of like a practice run. Hmm. But I mean, I would have gone to see them at Starland. Like if I could see them in a venue like that, I would definitely go. But I'm just not really into like the whole stadium thing. Arena tours, yeah, it's quite a yeah. different vibe. Yeah. Um, I actually saw them. I saw them on the American Idiot Tour in '04 when I was uh, a freshman in high school. Where was um, that? It was at. It's now called the Meadowlands Center, but it used uh-huh. to be called or Meadowlands Arena, but it was called the Continental Airlines Arena at the time. How was it? Oh, it was great. They put on a great show, and Pirate it was like the perfect next. time to see them because they played like all of American Idiot, not in in like succession, right? But like pretty much the whole album and like all the singles and then some. That's so cool. So yeah, it was a really fun show. I mean, we were like in the nosebleeds. It was my cousin uh, Joey who was on the last episode. If you're hearing this. And uh-huh. um, my dad took us actually. Nice. I will say, I I saw I saw American Idiot on Broadway. I did too, actually. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Okay. Um, but back to that show. It was um, the openers were Newfound Glory. Okay. And Sugar Colt. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was reading the other legs of the tour had um, the Kaiser Chiefs. Do you remember that band? I know the name. I couldn't name a song. They had like one single that people in high school were obsessed with, and that's all I remember. Uh huh. Um, blah, blah, blah. Who else? Uh, My Chemical Romance. Okay. Um, who's a pretty like people? I didn't like people love that band still today. I mean, yeah, they announced their reunion tour, and that also that sold out in like you know less than an hour, I think. Yeah, and then blah, blah, who else? Who else? Uh, Simple Plan. Okay. All the <laughs> Jimmy all the, World. All the staples of like the early two thousands. Yeah, and against me actually. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty cool. Good gig for them. Right? Yeah, it's too true. Um, let's see here. Oh, and then yeah, the album was so popular they turned it into a musical. Yeah. You saw it? Let's talk about that. Yeah, my dad. I think American Idiot was when my dad started catching on to Green Day, and then like I, right. I started burning him like all all the old Green Day CDs, and then he really That's wanted. To, he really wanted to see it on Broadway, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Why not? I'll go." Yeah. Um, it was entertaining. It was pretty cool. I remember there was like um, you had like a warning sign of like it was like warning like simulated drug use or it was like really <laughs> corny. Like. Yeah, yeah. This is not a real drug. Yeah. Um, well, as far as I know, that was like super successful. Yeah, I think so. And I mean. I remember there was like a band playing all their songs on stage and I was like, Oh, that's like a pretty sweet gig just to like play the green day songs. On stage. Right. Uh, where do I get and that? They, um, where do I get that job? And I remember, I don't know if they did this at your show, but they kind of did like an encore of time of your life. Oh yeah. All the cast came on like acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, on the West coast um, performances of American idiot, Davey havoc from AFI was like the lead. No kidding. Maybe not the lead. Maybe he was like one of the bad guys. I don't know. But yeah, that would have been cool to see too. It's kind of like uh, a best of, uh, I don't know, hot topic. Yeah, like a who's who of punk rockers. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't um, know. Jesus of Suburbia, it's a nine minute banger, but it's it's got a lot of great movements. It does. Yeah. I still really like that track a lot. Yeah. Letter Bomb, like I said, she's a rebel. I don't know. It's. I had a, an enjoyable time revisiting that one for this. Me too, yeah. Very nostalgic. Um, and I remember the music video for American Idiot too. That was like maybe the tail end of music videos. It was just like green slime and they were just like Nickelodeon all, slime, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember um, MTV had <laughs> making the video and like they like did a whole uh, thing. Yeah. So I, making I really, the video. Oh man. I enjoyed that episode of, of Green Day for sure. Um, I got a few random facts about that album. Um, it was originally going to be called Cigarettes and Valentines. Oh, that was like a lost record or something, right? It got stolen. Yes. Yeah. Um, their masters were stolen and then they just abandoned it and started over and made American idiot as we know it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of cigarettes and Valentines, but I, there's a hidden or a secret green day album out there somewhere. Somebody has it. Someone's got the masters. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) What are they waiting for? Um, so Green Day, I mean, so it was interesting because between Warning and, and American Idiot was four years, and it's a pretty long time between studio albums for a, a you know a major label band, a mainstream band. Yeah. Um, and then five years pass, and they decide to do another rock opera. Five years. Yeah, two thousand nine uh, was. So, um, so I wasn't oh, sure yeah. whether to call this the new era or the before, but. I I think the American Idiot is kind of its own era, right? Kind of, um, because yeah, the five year difference. You have a whole new audience at that point. Um, I think it was a different producer. I don't know. Yeah, twenty to me to me twenty first century is the downfall. Is that when it begins for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, the old heads say Nimrod or Warning or or American Idiot. I'll hang on till American Idiot. Um. I remember this when the single came out and I remember like we were all like disgusted with it. I believe was it know your enemy. Yeah. Oh man. At the time we were just like, like what? Like, I think it was just like the simplicity of it. And I was just like, I feel like I've heard this song a thousand times. Like why did green day have to write us this song? Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's pretty, I mean, I guess ambitious to write another rock opera. I didn't know this was an opera. I think so. I think it's a concept album. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I, um, but yeah, I listened to it. Like I said, oh yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's got three acts: Act One, Act Two, okay. Act Three. Um, I don't know. There was only like two songs on here that kind of I was like, okay, this sounds like a passable song, something I would listen to. Because <laughs> like, yeah, it's that Green Day's got that. I don't know. To me, it was kind of like a lot of rehashed like melodies and songs from like the older stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, still, still a very popular record, very good seller. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's just a I new guess audience. Not have a musical. Is it a sequel to American Idiot? Uh, that's a news to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Um, so yeah, we, we should probably like at least say like you know, me too. Like I, I wasn't actively listening to these records when they were coming out. I just had no interest. I mean, I heard the single. I definitely like listened to the record, and I was—I don't think I got through like any full song. It was just nothing stood out to me at the time or now. That's how I would describe it now. Like, like it's not like there's there's some tracks that are straight up just a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, um, we won't. We're not going to hate on anything too bad here, but like, oh yeah, like overall, it just doesn't like stick. Nothing sticks, and it just kind of has. This is to me. This is like super overproduced. Like it's just like run through the computer it's just like doesn't sound like as authentic maybe that was a maybe those were some complaints because the next record's kind of pretty stripped down at least compared comparatively is that um uno dos tre the triple album let's talk about that 
a triple album. Are you out of your goddamn mind putting out a triple album? <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, well, wait, there's, um, oh, awesome as fuck. That's just like a best of, right? I thought oh, that was a live. Album. Oh, it is I mean, live. It's live. It's live. You're right. Um, okay. I'm skipping along here. That's all good. Um, so some of like the biggest complaints I saw with Uno Dos Trey was like that it, they sounded like demos people were saying, but I didn't think they sounded like demos. It just didn't sound like American idiot 21st century breakdown production. Yeah. To me, I still, I don't like the production on these either. Nah. But um, I don't know. Like, I think I was saying like they could have taken all three records and maybe gotten like a pretty decent record out of the th- material from the three. Yeah. You think it's a cash grab? I don't know. I mean, they didn't sell too well. I mean, compared to other records, but like, I imagine that's because there's three of them. Yeah. Like, I guess they're all grouped. Are they, all re- are they reviewed as one or are they reviewed as like three separate records? If I remember correctly, they released them at different times. Well, yeah. One month after another. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, again, nothing really stood out. Like, there's a few ones on here that's like, okay, this could be like a B-side from, like, Nimrod. Yeah. Um, but, like, some of the subject matter is just, like, kind of cringy and just, like, I feel like they're better than this. Like, you guys, like, were singing real songs and now it's just, like, you're just singing bullshit. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my opinion. That's fine. Um... I would still, you know, I, if I saw Green Day walking down the street, I would you know, be a fanboy and totally, you know, right. Love on them. But, uh, this stuff's just not for me. And then, um, yeah. So like for preparation for this, excuse me, I listened to the whole discography of the, like the, the studio albums and, um, revolution radio just flew by me. Like I don't, it just no memories of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just nothing sticks. Is that, um, that's 2016. 16. And that I feel like that could have made Green Day fans a little more hopeful because they're they are rock songs at the end of the day. Yeah, there's some more like rocking ones on here, and like I don't want to I don't want to use the word heavy. Yeah, but like some of them kind of have like because uh, Uno Dos Trey, they kind of touched on some like uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of it like dance reggae pop. Kill the DJ. Oh Lord. Uh, the subject matter and the song and just all of that that song doesn't yeah. to exist I'm sorry <laughs> and then Revolution Radio comes um, and then they're rock songs so like it's almost kind of like okay maybe they're not memorable but like there's hope that like right it's a at least somewhat a step in the right direction again personally didn't love the production um, I mean maybe if I saw if I saw them in a basement playing these songs like you know kind of more raw maybe I would be into them but mm. nothing really like there's no hooks. Uh, nothing really stood out to me. Like I couldn't name any of these songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I like if you asked me, like if you were say if you were like to split it down the middle, like with uh, you know, warning and American idiot, like that's the middle point. Yeah. Like I'm always going to go back to those earlier records. Oh yeah, they're much I, more like I just, and sure it's maybe nostalgia and whatever, but I mean I. I still listen to Green Day like pretty pretty regularly, like the older stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When I was listening to like the older stuff too, I, I kept thinking like, like this is like maybe you know maybe tell me what you think, but like as far as like punk and pop punk, like was anybody doing it better? I don't think so. I mean, I think you know 
there's the debate, oh, is Green Day punk? Is Green Day punk? But at the end of the day, they came from a DIY scene. You know, they were touring. They were screen printing their own shirts, sleeping in vans, you know, broke as shit. Um, I, they definitely laid the groundwork for pop punk, if not punk. But, I mean, it all came out from the punk ethic. And, uh, right. I mean, yeah, there's some nostalgic when I put them on. But, like, at the end of the day, if I want, you know, some sing-alongs or have a long drive, I'll just put them on and just sing along. And it, it feels good. And to me, it still holds up. I think a lot of it holds up too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, my friend made the point about the Ramones and this might be blasphemy. I'm not a huge Ramones fan, but the thing, yeah, with, the, the thing with the Ramones, like, you know, they kind of proved that like anyone could play like four chords basically. And like, you know, punk made punk accessible. And to me, maybe the reason, you know, Green Day is still pumping out Uno, Dos, Trey and all these records, like, you know, there's a new generation of kids, like, if, you know, a 10-year-old here hears Revolution Radio, they're going to be like, oh, I can play four chords. And, you know, they're inspiring another generation to play four-chord punk. Sure. And, you know, it's not my taste, but it's kind of having the same effect on kids as it did to me and, you know, people in the 80s with other bands. But um, I know maybe the simplicity of Green Day, that's kind of why they're still around and they're still a staple. Maybe, yeah, and like like you said, like kids today love them. Yeah, it's just um, that four chord. Oh, I can play this. I can play along, and you know, then kids start their own bands. I remember um, when I was uh, substitute teaching for a little while, and I, I texted you. I'm like, I see so many kids wearing Green Day shirts, like, yeah. um, the the Dookie shirt, and you were like, Yeah, they sell it at Kohl's. Yeah, I, I my mom got <laughs> a Dookie shirt at Kohl's. Of all nice. places. Yeah, and I definitely had, I think I had an American Idiot shirt, too, that I probably got at Hot Topic. I definitely had a tour shirt. Yeah, do you still have that? No. Like, that's kind of definitely a cool, not. A cool relic. It is, yeah. But, um, yeah, and Re- then, Revolution Radio, oh, I don't know. That's just, like you said, it kind of flew by. I don't really have any recollection of listening to it, even though I listened to it recently. Yeah, and I don't feel any desire to go. No. Like, like I said to you the other day, I'm like, there was nothing that was like, dude, you need to hear this. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing like, yeah. And it's, it's, it is pretty disappointing. Like, I don't know. Like why, why can't they like be a better band? I just want to know, like, you know, they're pumping these songs out and I guess in their mind, like they like write the riff and they're like, Oh man, you guys got to hear this riff. But like, really? Do they really think that? Well, let's, let's talk about the latest album. Cause, um, Oh boy. Oh boy. This was this so, was painful. Green Day released a new album a couple months ago called Father of All Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers, don't forget that part. Yeah, um you can get a censored version. It's the same cover as American Idiot. It's such a it's such bad it's art. It's the hand. And then the yeah, the unicorn covers the motherfucker for the censored versions. The artwork um, just looks so childish to me. Yeah, I mean, lowest album sales in a while. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like that's due to the name. I mean, I don't know. I mean, are parents not buying this one for their kids? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is. It's a punk record in the fact that it's like only like twenty five minutes long. I think it's the shortest record too. Which I'm all I'm all for that. I love short records. <laughs> I hear you on that, and especially on this record too. But for, yeah, for some reason, this felt like the <laughs> longest record. I mean, you know what? Say what you want about, you know, the new Green Day, but like, I think other bands have gone down worse trajectories. I would say Blink-182's new music is way worse than Green Day's new music. 
Yeah, you may have a point there. Um, I would say Weezer's well, Weezer sucked for a long time, but that, that's a whole, that's another podcast. That's a whole whole another podcast. I think um, oh I don't know. The first couple tracks of Father of All just sound like car commercials or like Apple commercials. I saw a lot of reviews saying that you know, like yeah, an iPhone, like, Google there's ad. Like, there's like claps and ooze, and it's just like what? Yeah, and like I, apparently it's like a you know glam rock worship or something. Yeah, and like I was reading an interview, and Billy Joe's like, "Yeah, no bullshit on this record. Like we're just gonna do what we want." But it's just like all bullshit. But there's an interesting theory going around about this record. Did you have you heard about that? No, but I love a good theory. Okay, so we, like we said, the record is uh, like about 26 minutes. Now apparently that's about the minimum length considered for a full length by the okay. major labels. Okay. To be on, for your record to qualify, like it's all bullshit, you know, semantics, but um, you have the reused album art. Um, some people, su- 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 excuse me, suspect that it was a throwaway record uh-huh, uh-huh. to get out of their deal with reprise. Yeah. I mean, I know bands have done that big, big, big bands have done that in the past for sure. Um, I haven't it heard seems that. Like a but... weird way. It'd be a weird throwaway to me. I don't know. Uh, I would like to believe that. Oh yeah, right. When you that would be like you know a pretty cool move, and it would make me personally feel better. <laughs> um, you could be right. The reused. Artwork. I don't know. I know. It's just like floating around. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it's like a coping mechanism for for Green Day fans because I think this is the one where now the you know the American idiot twenty first century breakdown people. Yeah. I think aren't digging this one. I don't know. I don't know who's digging it. This is like music that they play at like Kohl's or something or like Michael's when you're shopping. <laughs> and then you have like, you know, all the moms singing. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. Got your money. And he doesn't even sound like himself either. Yeah. He's like all falsetto. And I saw like a live video of them playing. They're like, they got like six people in the band now. Really? Like there's like yeah he's like fronting and then there's another guitar player and there's like a keyboard player and like a sax player and it's just like is Jason White still playing with them? Yeah, like I'm and, all uh, I'm all for you know musicianship, but it's just like it's really gone astray. Right? Yeah, the original, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> that that sigh. Oh man. Yeah, I, I I'm, just, <laughs> I'm thinking about the conspiracy theory, like you said, that it's maybe a throwaway record to get out of the contract. Something I saw and it was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. I will say um, though, like the, I guess the the silver lining of, of social media, you know, I, like I follow all these guys, you know, all their personal lives on like Instagram, and like it, okay, it, it looks like they're just still like normal cool guys that like I would still want to hang out with and like are still really cool, and they're just like pumping out terrible music for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like they seem like the same normal dudes, like. I know there's um there's like a DVD I think that goes with Uno Dos Trey. Okay. Like a mini documentary about like how the record was made and like I remember watching that and it was just like man like they still just seem so cool and like the songwriting like process hasn't changed like since Dookie but they're just some some loose screw or something. Yeah, I I don't really know how to put my tongue on it either. Um I don't know, it's just but, you know, it's just kind of bound to happen to um, this is record number 13 for them. Yeah. It's, I never realized until, until, you know, we started this process of the podcast that their post green day output is just as much as their pre 
or their wow. post, post-American idiot output is just as much as before that. Yeah. I mean, if you look a lot of, look at, excuse me, look at a lot of, um, say like classic rock bands, like they have like the albums people know, and then they put out 15 albums after that, that nobody right, gives right. a shit. Like how about Bob Dylan? Like, sure. Yeah. He's put out so much music and like at the end of the day, you know, people only like give a shit about uh, like blowing in the wind and stuff like that. Yeah. Neil, Neil Young too, you know, a, a good, you go, yeah. a good first 10 years. And then it's just like, I don't know, personally, I, I can't get into the, all that stuff like eighties and beyond. Yeah, he's I mean, doing you know just, one or one two records a year. That guy, that's cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, but, I don't know. But yeah, but if um, if Billy Joe Armstrong was here right now, what would you say to him? Uh, I would say that he is one of the most influential people on my li- in my life, probably on my life, on the trajectory of my interests and my current life. Although, although he's kind of uh, turned his back on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would just be like, hey man, what's Not up? No, and I mean, you know, I'm sh- there's a lot of people who feel like me, and maybe there's people who love it. I don't know. Um, well, I got but... a surprise for you. Yeah? We got somebody here to talk to you. Holy shit. Billy Joe, are you there? Hey, guys, what's going on? Whoa, Billy. Billy Joe. I, I didn't know the, uh, the, the kind words you had for me. Your voice sounds a lot different um, when you're not singing, but uh, it's an honor to talk to you. I'm going to fanboy out a little bit. Yeah, feel free to ask Billy any questions you want. Um, I don't even know where to start. I'm kind of put on the spot. I'm like sweating all of a sudden. <laughs> you're starstruck. I'm starstruck, and I, I just the sound of of his voice. Uh, I don't know. I love. I, I do love your work. Um, up until 21st Century Breakdown. Well, thanks. You know, I, I we we tried the best we could, and we had you know your intentions in mind. Well, I appreciate that. And um, <laughs> I will, right. oh, I do want to say I want to tell you I do, and I don't know, Anthony, I don't know if you know this. I have a Kerplunk tattoo, actually. I, I I kept thinking that every time I saw the cover, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he has that tattooed, but I couldn't remember. And I remember when I was getting it too. The guy, the tattoo artist, was like, "Man, I was doing this tattoo in 1993." Nice. So uh, yeah, Billy, I got I got Kerplunk tattooed on my on my leg. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. So send us some free contacts or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Could you guess who it really is? Um, Trey Cool. It's Trey. I was trying to do my best Billy Joe impression. Motherfucker. <laughs> I can get down with Trey. Um. Uh, yeah, one more guess. Um, oh, you really don't know who it is? It's Mike. It's Mike. Is it Michelle? <laughs> Mike Shell. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I've been listening the whole time. I wow. am Mike number two. Yeah. Holy um, shit. <laughs> I was like, I was uh, talking to Michelle about this episode, and she was like, "Holy shit, Green Day was my favorite band." And I'm like, "All right, well, we got to have you on." Remember, a bit, uh, remember when I. Uh, Perform the Green Day songs at your house um, with the uh, Guitar Hero guitar. That's right. Oh my god, so many memories. Probably high on Salvia. (laughs) Why was Salvia always there? It was just I don't know. I don't. I don't know either. I've only done Salvia three times in my life, and it was twice at that house. (laughs) Um, Same, actually. (laughs) All right. 
What's up, Salvia, bro? <laughs> that, that's a whole other uh, podcast for sure. Memories. Salvia diaries. Okay. No one cares but us, but who cares? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, who would listen? But I am wearing my original, authentic 94 Dookie Tour shirt. Got Not from Cole. Not from Coles, my loves. Not from Coles. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. Um, uh, where'd you see them? Um, I didn't see this tour. I will admit, okay. I was only nine years old when okay. that happened. But Dookie was the first album that I like. Told my mom and dad, like, I want to buy this. I want this album, and like, save money and bought a cassette tape, which I like burnt out on my yeah. walk like just over side a side b over and over it was just like my favorite but still holds I, up i have green day lot. oh yes <laughs> many times actually so did you uh share uh same sentiment as uh as us about the newer stuff you know what it's so funny like i <laughs> i coined the phrase like b-a-i and a-a-i uh-huh. american idiot and and after it definitely was just, I mean, the early stuff, you can't beat that. Like right. they had that energy and the new stuff, like <laughs> I had to listen to the new, to the new album until Monday, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was like Green Day goes and gets like a soda pop, like get the 50. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was just so far removed from, you know, like everything I'd ever loved. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking, really. I would never guess that was Green Day if it wasn't called Green Day. That's a good point, too, yeah. They should have just changed their name. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but honestly, like, the early shit, dude. Like, I okay, where do you have the Kerplunk tattoo? Because I don't know if I remember. It's on the back of my calf. Okay. I remember forearm and, like, that tattooage, but. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a. Uh, or yeah. you have, like, a girl, too. What's that? You have the sunflower. That's Kerplunk, right? Or you have the the whole album with the girl. I have the the girl holding like the gun, the smoking gun. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's got the flower on her shirt. Right. Exactly. Oh, I yeah. Thought it was right. That's right. That's right. I mean, there's no denying that Green Day is like the influence of the century for people our age. I think who are playing music. I you know they just the the fact is like they're just really great songwriters. Yeah put some pretty simple stuff together and make it sound really fucking good. Like, yeah, like they were never considered really punk. Like they right. always kind of that outsider. And like, for me, I loved, um, you know, when like Nimrod came out and that was just sort of like my, like 12 year old green day experience. Like, right. and it just like, honestly, like that still holds up to me because the musicianship is so good. Definitely. I agree. Like Kitchener Ride and all that shit, and um, or Last Ride in. That's what I was thinking. Last, like I love that. Ooh, that sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were more of like pot punk, you know. Absolutely, like, and I mean, I, their name, their fucking name. Green. Right. <laughs> if you look at like the official Wikipedia, it's like because the members were fond of cannabis. It's like, yeah. oh, oh my. <laughs> you don't say. Their name Sweet Children because there was already like a, a band with a similar name. Like I remember, like I Sweet Baby or something, yeah. Yeah, I love all that shit. Like, um, 
And when they did Pinhead Gunpowder, remember oh, that? Oh, we didn't talk about them. Yeah, I know you're a fan of them, Jeff. Big that's, fan. That's like another one that I just wore out. Like, but that's isn't that what that's for? Like, that kind of gives you your your fix of what you want Greeny to be, or no? I mean, I I remember I don't know where I heard of Pinhead Gunpowder, but I knew Billy Joe was in it, and I remember getting Pinhead Gunpowder, and I was like, wasn't it? Jason White in there too? I thought it was Tim Armstrong and Billy Joe, and then like somebody. It's like it's like a super band kind of thing, but Billy Joe's yeah, lead guitar, and he's singing a lot of it. But yeah, it was like punk Green Day. Yeah, hmm. it, they just like well, the fact is like they've always been busy. They've always just like written music like even the you know breaks they weren't very long for like a band that's been around fucking 30 years yeah and they have tons of side projects too other exactly. than you ever heard of the network yeah they have the network there's like foxborough hot tubs the frustrators i've i've gone down those roads right yeah so i don't know honestly i though i think maybe besides dookie just being like that formative album like insomnia really is just like there's some moments on that one, like the panic song. Yeah, like it just gets your blood boiling. Oh yeah, still, still stuck with me. I love that song. Um, yeah, Jaded. Geeks think breath. It's all good. And that was a hit too. Like it was a yeah. small one, but you know, my dad he worked for ASCAP growing up, and uh-huh. his job he was like the human Shazam back in the day. He had to. <laughs> to like music and say that you know the artist the album everything like i remember like having to like you know go in and like take your kid to work day and i would type in like geek stink breath and i was like all oh, right it's there like it's a hit i'm pretty sure yeah. that song's about like doing speeders too yeah i mean you know i'm pretty sure geek stink for geek stink or something it's like a slang term for some drug like speed or something Maybe it's like a meth mouth kind of thing i think that's what it was no. yeah because that music video was like Oral surgery of teeth getting pulled and shit. Ugh. Really gross. Yeah. But Green Day videos, more often than not, were always really amazing. Like, I miss those MTV days when it was just like you caught the great videos and it was. Yeah. Before school. They had like little plots. They did. They were like little mini, yeah, vignettes. Have you ever seen them live, Michelle? I have. Um, So, talk about the small shows. I went to one of those small shows in like 2000, I want to say 2000, honestly, Roseland Ballroom. Um, I waited online. This is where I waited online overnight. Like our rock station in New York City is called K-Rock or was called K-Rock. Right. And so they would do, oh, they have the best things called the 92 cent shows. And it was like smaller bands, but up and comers for 92 cents. So you can go get tickets. Yeah, because it was 92 something, 92.3. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I remember K-Rock. They were were sponsoring the Green Day show at Roseland Ballroom, and all you had to do was wait, like, on the physical fucking Ticketmaster line, which I was like, all right. And my parents gave me the okay. I would have been about 15. And, uh, yeah, me and a couple friends just, like, brought, yeah, blankets and (laughs) sat outside and, like, waited at – this was in, like, high school, too, you know, like, had to go to school after, but I got those tickets, baby. Were they amazing? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, who, amazing. Who opened? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't. Nah. Yeah. I mean, like, I was, I'm such a Green Day fan. And it's funny, like, after, it's like a certain point, I just sort of stopped caring. Like, we were talking about The Simpsons last week. You know, there's 20 yeah. years of The Simpsons I don't know. And it's the same. Right, right. Like, you know, American right. Idiot. 
definitely like a comeback and it was so good and like different but great because it had that energy and then after that i was like Meh, see ya see ya yeah yeah <laughs> shit happens right I, I don't know shit happens and a little you know the rolling stones were terrible for many years grateful dead were terrible for many years like you know they still endure <laughs> but they right. grew like bleak periods too and i mean these guys are like you know they're lifers they're gonna be playing forever yeah yeah they are still all around like billy's sober right like didn't he go through some stuff and i mean maybe yeah yeah Yeah. you remember he yelled at the the clock at the iheart radio festival i'm not fucking justin beaver (laughs) yeah well apparently like yeah drugs explained that and he went to rehab after that yeah 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 But, like, you're telling me, I think that was all bullshit, honestly. Because, like, you're telling me, like, this is the first time in his life after, like, doing speed and all this shit that he, like, has a drug problem in his 40s. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I've never had a drug problem. Hiding it for a long time, too. That's true. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you need something to get through? It's, like, a hard job being Green Day. Right. And they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Yeah. And and they are. They are. I mean, I think well deserved. Yes. I I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't LL Cool J in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes they put some not so rock and roll people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm the music know. Hall of Fame, the music Hall of Fame, yeah, yeah, the pop punk. They they had that sound. That's it. I mean, people people are still emulating that sound, and you know, you you pull anyone out of a New Brunswick basement today, and they'll admit that you know they love the early Green Day. Oh yeah, there's I mean, no doubt about it. I'm a person that can play about four chords and I'm telling you, I've done everything I could. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But long live green day. Fuck. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. You know what my, my aim screen name was. If you're still out there, aim, I don't know. Gotta get log on, but green day Chica. I was there like that. For <laughs> green day Chica. Hey, Chica. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. They, they were my favorite bands, for sure. And um, so you're hopeful for the future, guys, of Green Day? or Yeah, I, I just... Care? Do you, like, he, he's talking about Billy Joe's been writing new music during this uh, pandemic, so maybe it's some good uh, like anger back to their roots. Kind of yeah, stuff. that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I, I saw that article, too. Yeah, we'll um, see. He's been like posting cover songs, too, on his Instagram every week. Oh, I don't... Hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I want to have hope. I'm hoping that theory is correct. Where this is just like a throwaway record. You're kind of the fan though that will like will at least always be curious and check it out, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, I checked out the first yeah. you know three seconds of the new record, and I was like, okay, I checked it out. <laughs> you checked out, and then I checked out. Exactly. Yeah, I got hope, and uh, that's what keeps us going, right? Hope. Right. Yeah. Right on. This <laughs> podcast brought to you by Hope. Hope. We need more of it. <laughs> Gee, we do. Um, what's some What's some more good things we can say about old Green Day? Then forget the new stuff. Who cares? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, um, anything else left to say, Jeff? Anything? Uh, I was always a fan of the fact that there were some. There were a lot of guitar solos in the smoothed out and the Kerplunk era. But then Dookie, there's not really many guitar solos. It's kind of just like an instrumental break. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like that. Cause like I was never great at guitar. So I was like, okay, it's just like, I'm just going to play the chords. and like, that's still a solo, I guess. Mm. So that's kind of cool. That's true. 
Yeah, power chords for sure. Just ringing. <laughs> I was always curious though, because like he shredded on the early stuff, and then he kind of just like stopped doing solos. I mean, I think they work like as a good unit, so sure. it's kind of that equal fire from all three of them. Yeah, but that yeah, the triple album. Like, I don't. I remember just being like, "Ooh, who cares?" Like, it looks so weird. It looked like very, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, Dos Trey, I'm like, oh, don't even remember a single track. The artwork for that and 21st Century and the new one, like all of that artwork just looks like terrible. Enhanced. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Like, well, I, who knows what, maybe they're trying to kill their image and rebirth themselves, you know. Successful, uh, yeah. Yeah, a renaissance for Green Day. Time will only tell. Time will. In, maybe. In, no, in the meantime, we have good old stuff. Maybe you yeah. can, um, if we don't get sued, you can put on Time of Your Life and play the podcast out. Oh, I was going to close out with that. I was going to say, you know, hope you've had the time <laughs> of your life. Oh, it's a... So many puns and shit. How many of us got, like, our first slow dance to that song? I wanted to call the, the segment about New Green Day. Do you have the time to listen to Jeff Wine? Oh. <laughs> I actually... <laughs> I have this joke where I want to go to a Green Day show and I'm just going to hold up a big sign that says, do you have the time? <laughs> I, I just, can't believe you never saw a show, Jeff. I know, I know. No, they were fantastic live. Like, Is it Bill too late? Is the most, okay, as a singer, I can recognize a fucking workhorse. Right. Like, he can just keep it going. Like, I, I was, like, dying because, like, Jeff and I were, like, or sorry not jeff and i anthony and i were like you know like you know come on and impersonate billy joe his speaking voice is so strange yeah yeah voice which i feel like i could emulate but like yeah what a crazy uh, like an endurance voice and it just blasted out into your ears and i was like whoa fuck like it, it's it's way different live yeah fuck i may I, i'll consider it i don't know well i don't know if they can rock the same way that they did this is like I probably saw my first Green Day show like, yeah, ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. Um, to like two thousand, like five, six. Well, I mean, you can catch them on this. I don't know what's going on with their latest tour with all this going on, but postponed. But Woodstock ninety four. That's the real time to go back to. They released that live. Yeah. Did. It is live. I'm, that's redundant, but um, yeah, on vinyl for Record Store Day or something. That's the mud fight on it too. Oh yeah, that was an F. I remember those photos so well. Like the entire, just the crowd, the band, everyone's like covered in mud. What's happening? Did they give up on the new Woodstock? Yeah, is that old news? That is old news, but okay. um, yeah, I think they just couldn't get any. Like Santana was like the only like original like, <laughs> and it was a them and like um, I think Dead and Company. Yeah, but that's not, I mean, it's that's not, not everyone else is dead. dead. It's, it's close. It's close, but like, you as know, close as you're going to get. <laughs> I know it, but it's just like, it's like hearing like a music box version of it. I don't know. No. All and right. Hearing your favorite songs live, but it's not them. That's okay. But there's a lot of good band bands out there for sure. Maybe Greendale will step in that territory one day. <laughs> Start like, yeah. Noodling around. <laughs> start doodling one day i'd be okay with that over what they're doing now actually so i appreciate a 26 minute album right yeah jeff said the same thing yeah gem of yeah. felt like an hour though 
I know. I, I when it was over, I was just like, okay, that happens. I just, I'll never listen to it again. Definitely not. Oh man, <laughs> it's rough, man. But like, you know, when, when this is all over, we should hang out and we should put it on and like put some money down and like whoever lasts the longest wins. You know, I think if we like drive to the shore, like with like the you know top down windows down, it'll be the perfect like album. You might be right. I, it's 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 sweet, like and it's not terrible. I was just like, oh, it's just not what I ever thought I'd want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Father of all motherfuckers. I actually think that's like them, like kind of being full of themselves. Maybe it lends itself to the conspiracy. I don't know. I saw them. They did a recent interview. It was so weird. Um, the guy was like, you know, you were, you guys are a huge influential band. And like he mentioned, who's that Billy Eilish? Who's really yeah. popular. In these days. He said something like, Oh, Billy Eilish had you as her phone background or something. And I was like, what? Like, like who cares? Yeah. I don't know. But she's kind of. I think. It, what's that? I like her. You know, like I don't hate on like new music and things like that. But oh, I do. I know. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I won't lie. I do. There's some. There's some like. Yeah, That's my fear. I don't want to come off as a music snob, but I probably did on this episode. <laughs> I I don't think you were being snobby. Just... I really wanted to rip into Weezer more. If I'm being perfectly honest, but <laughs> another time. Hey. Yeah. Just Good shit. Pop punk thing. Did you guys listen to like MXPX and like I love that stuff and um yeah absolutely yeah that was an era for sure. You know, a lot of people's entry into uh that stuff too. Yeah, and Warning Warning is a good album. Like yeah. that, you know, I think that was a great album to jump in on. I have that one on vinyl. It's the only one I have on vinyl. Oh, that's cool. OG pressing? Uh, probably not. I don't know. Is I don't know. Cool- but- color is it? it probably looks cool yeah it's you know it's a nice one to put on when you're having dinner it's kind of laid back rock and roll yeah there's some more like ballady stuff and yeah. like i loved uh church on sunday and it's just like i always like singing that one yeah and then there was like the right. weird dominatrix clip in it too yeah. <laughs> where he's like getting it's someone it is like mike or trey is like getting spanked by a dominatrix and they just record it and it starts off that track i think or another one it's funny <laughs> all right well i think uh i think that about wraps it up what, so this is so, what's up i was gonna say it was just a lovely surprise there at the end well yeah yeah were you fooled i was fooled <laughs> who did you think it actually was did you <laughs> i don't know i honestly don't know right yeah yeah that's so funny <laughs> but maybe we can uh you know we'll continue this uh this talk offline and figure something out yeah right. Yeah. So this has been episode ten. Mm. Episode ten, motherfuckers. I'm the father of all. Double digits. Double digits. Um, it's really cool to have a three person thing going too right now. I've been wanting to do that for a while, so that's been really fun. Yeah. But yeah, I think we'll call it a day on this one. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.